this episode, Dude and Brett sit down with some of their favorite bottled and bombs. Tune in to find out what they were and what they think on this episode of The Bourbon Hunters. But before we get started, do you want to support our podcast? Do you like bourbon gear? Visit our website at www.bourbonhunters.com to buy some of our custom bourbon gear and support the podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. something similar to this in the past uh we haven't done this combination of bottled and bonds before so this will be interesting this will be fun um especially depending on the order we do this how they taste and i think you know uh there's definitely a sleeper in this bunch that most people don't even think about when they talk about bottled and bonds even though i'd say it's in the 60 to 70 dollar range but uh of these that's probably the most expensive unless you find you know some of these on the secondary then the other, one of these can really, really go up in price. But, um, yeah, so we haven't done Bottled and Bond specifically in a while. Um, I know that one of your favorites is Early Times Bottled and Bond. So Absolutely. We, we threw that in the mix here. Uh, we'll go through these as we uh, introduce them, uh, you know, just give a little bit of uh, detail on them. But um, what do you uh, – what do you have in the glass now for a primer? What do we got? So we have the Evan Williams Bottled and Bond. Okay, so that's – that is the Evan Williams that's uh, in the Heaven Hill, you know, umbrella, if you will. Uh, that's usually just a squarish kind of bottle with a, with the white label on it. It's a just – Pretty readily available, I think. Uh, I like the federal like tax stamp things they do on them. Yeah, and I think most of the bottle and bonds are supposed to have that. Uh, I don't know that they do anymore, but they used to. Um, the The thing I like about Evan Williams bottle and bond is it's always on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I don't think of the four of these, that's the one that is uh, always available. I think it's uh, in that twenty dollar range, if I remember right. But it's it's always on the shelf. So of all of these, we at least wanted to cho- choose one that was available to everyone all the time. Um, I don't know anywhere where this would not be available. I've never really heard of anyone saying they can't find this one. But it's a it's a decent one. We're gonna taste it. But it's a decent one as far as uh, budget is concerned. Mm-hmm, you know, for for the price. And we'll talk about uh, secondary on some of the other ones and, and how much they go for. But before we do that. You know, just talking about bottled and bond. So, I think a lot of people, you know, probably know about bottled and bond, what it is, and uh, the whole reasoning behind bottled and bond. Um, but if not, we're going to review that a little bit. Bef- but before I get into it, let's go ahead and nose this uh, Evan Williams and uh, get into it a little bit and see what uh, see what you think of this. I was pulling up their website too to see if um, my because when I when I was pouring this into the glass, I thought, "Damn, that smells better than I remember." Yeah, no, it's got a good nose on it. It's pretty sweet. I'm not sure that I get any uh, anything jumping out of me. Maybe a little bit of cherry or vanilla. I get the classic, a little bit of vanilla. Yeah, yeah. Cit- did you say citrus? I said cherry. Cherry, but. 
but I definitely get the vanilla. I get a little bit of a maybe a, a sugary sweetness, maybe brown sugar type of a thing. But do you get a little hint of pepper in there on the on the taste? Yeah, yeah. On the, that's what I meant. I, I drank a little early just so I could go back to the nose and see if I got. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It. But yeah, I do a little. I'll, I'll get to that. I think when we talk about the taste. But yeah, there was definitely some pepper, some spice on the yeah. back end. Um. So while you're while you're deciding what you get, I'm going to let you with the schnoz and everything kind of build up your little profile there. But basically, Bottled and Bond was created uh, almost as a consumer protection type of thing. And so the way it happened is you've got the Bottled and Bond Act in 1897. This was a federal law that was passed, and the idea behind it is that. Um, Let's see here. So you you've basically got. I'll I'll define bottled and bond. I guess that's probably the easiest way to go, and then we'll talk about the history of it. But to be bottled and bond, a bourbon has to be made in one distillery, in one season, and it has to be aged for at least four years in a bonded warehouse. And uh, when it's in the bottle, it's got to be a hundred proof exactly. So like you can't have a bottled and bond at one hundred five proof. Yeah, it has to be a hundred proof. So the, the the neat thing for me with that is that it's got to be made in one distillery in one season, basically meaning, uh, and I think even one distiller, and I don't know if that means a person or the distillery, but I think it's from one distiller. Um, but anyway, so the whole idea behind this is that you're not blending, you're not you're not really taking much of anything and creating something from a mixture of items. And the whole, I guess... Uh, the spirit of this goes back to the rectifiers and the people back in the day that would take bourbons and uh, they would take a barrel of bourbon, fill it up with whatever they had. It could be turpentine. It could be, you Tobacco know, spit. Well, I mean, but they would take, they would basically take grain spirits, sometimes not even good grain spirits. And they would, they would add like turpentine, tobacco spit, things like that to give it the, what you call, I guess, uh, fake aging look to it so it would look like it was more mature than it was it would have that brownish you know color to it that they were used to out of the barrels and back in that time a lot of times the barrels would just be sitting on the bar or behind the bar they would tap them it'd be kind of cool if they still did that i know (laughs) Uh, they would tap them and then they would just pour directly from the barrel so you would, you know, probably get sediment and all that stuff, I would imagine. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, especially if, you know, depending on how that was tapped. But basically the way that worked is is they would sell those barrels and it might have an old barrel head on it, like an old crow or, a, you know, whatever might, whatever the case may be, like E.H. Taylor or something like that, try to pass it off as something that it wasn't. Or they would just make up a, you know, a, a company name and sell it as a bourbon, even though it was never actually really a bourbon. And so the idea behind this was it was partially a consumer protection act. Um, I know one of the big pushers for this was E.H. Taylor. And uh, basically the idea behind it was, you know, rectifiers were doing two things. They were getting people sick. They were, some people were dying. That's where the rut got term came from, right? Rot, rot gut. Rot gut. <laughs> rut gut. Rut, yeah, I had a little <laughs> dyslexia there. Uh, rot gut. But yeah, rot gut, uh, that was part of it. Yeah, if you had bad bourbon or bad whiskey, um, you know, I, I can't imagine consuming too much turpentine in an evening. You would go home and, and not <laughs> yes. die. I mean, and I think if you went and got drunk one night on turpentine, you were probably going to die, you know? And so the rot gut was a real thing. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, it was sold out of a barrel, as I mentioned, um, and barrels were not tamper-proof. So, you know, bourbon could easily be watered down or cut with any number of chemicals. Uh, turpentine was a big one. I keep saying that, but that was a big one. Um, you know, I think part of this started when uh, Old Forester and uh, George Garvin Brown actually recognized that bottling the bourbon would give the product legitimacy because now you've got a seal, you've got some things. Now, in my opinion, looking back on that, like if you can take a barrel and you can rectify it, you could buy bottles and make labels oh, and yeah. then rectify it and pour it into but, – but still, at least Old Forester was a brand everyone knew. And putting it in a uh, bottle, they were the first ones to actually uh, exclusively sell their, their bourbon out of bottles. I bet you pe there's people doing out there like flipping bottles that do that. They'll take an empty bottle of Blanton's. Oh, they, they do for sure. You know what that's, I mean? That's, a, that's one of the things that uh, – and I don't know how that turned out, but that was one of the things right. that the House of Bourbon was being um, accused of. And I don't know how that turned out. I have no idea what the result was that. Of oh, that. well, I was thinking Buffalo Trace did something with their B-Tax series. I had forgotten about this, but there's almost some kind of like RFID – in the top of it, and it knows supposedly when yeah. it's been like broken or tampered. Yeah, I don't know if they if that's now in all of them and when they started and all that, but I'd forgotten about but that. Yeah, that is that is. There are some other consumer protection things, some you know things like that happening. Uh, BTAC, that's a that's an example of it. But you still have the bottled and bond to this day. Mm -hmm. It still is a an act. So like, if you want to be bottled and bond, you still have to follow those things, even though that started in eighteen ninety seven. Um, but yeah, and can't so, the government come in and look at it? Like, well, technically to, it's, like, it's got it? to be in a bonded warehouse. Yeah. And if it's a bonded warehouse, I think to be a bonded warehouse, there has to be something about, uh, it has to be a locked warehouse. Uh, it, it can be, you know, rated or, or inspected at any time. Mm -hmm. Uh, a bond officer, a lot of times will have the key to those types of things. They could go in whenever they want and check it. I think, which is partially where the the mythology behind larceny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so what you ended up with is you had these disputes between distillers and rectifiers, and then it eventually became political. So that's where E. H. Taylor and some of the other people that were behind this bottle and bond act, people that were creating legitimate bourbon, and that were getting undercut by people rectifying and, and cutting corners and not actually creating bourbon. Um, you know, so that's where it became political. They got, you know, politicians involved all over the country. Um, and so the idea behind it was the age of four years was to prove that you actually weren't cutting corners. So aging at four years was a way to show that you weren't just rectifying, you know, neutral grain spirits, mm -hmm. right? You were actually aging at four years, not cutting any corners. So some sort of you know, quality control had to be there. If you were letting it age for four years, you weren't, you weren't speeding it up to the market, you know? So that was part of it. Um, and then the rectifiers, again, there was the pure food and drug, uh, act in 1906, which, you know, post dated this, uh, that required products to be accurately labeled with contents, thereby, you know, basically ensuring, uh, that the consumer had more knowledge about what they were purchasing. Um, so that also, uh, that also brought you to the point where, and, and this has evolved over time. So the, the bottle and bond act, I feel like was a, the first domino and a whole bunch that fell. You had, you know, the, the bottle and bond act, 
Uh, then you had the uh, Pure Food and Drug Act. And then you had people starting to ask, well, if products you know, need to be defined, what actually does it take to become a whiskey? So, again, um, you know, that's when all of those things eventually you got to, uh, uh, you know, bourbon. And uh, I think 1941 or something like that was when uh, they, they decided how to uh, define uh, what an actual bourbon was. Um, and then I think it even uh, later on became a, a whole thing where it was actually a, a 1964 or something like that is, is when U.S. Congress uh, declared that bourbon was, uh, I think they say, the distinctive product of the United States. So it's really the only, you know, uh, official product of the United States according to the government. So now that you've had some time with that, what do you think? So... I would have loved to have done this in a blind looking back. Because it's good, right? It's really good. I yeah. think that this would score really high in a blind. And why? What? Why is that? What's the dominant thing you're getting out of it? Um, there's like a vanilla and there's a honey in there that I really like. And you know what cracks me up about is, is you know, uh, interesting as it is when you go into all these different bourbons and all these other things, My f and, and I'm sure everyone's a little different. Some people probably like a spicy finish. Some people like a, a long, you know, or medium finish. But to me, one thing that I just truly love in, in any bourbon is if there's a hint of vanilla there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the stronger the vanilla flavor, the more I like it. Mm -hmm. We talk often about that Blanton's bottle that we had at AJ's wedding. And it was like know, a vanilla bomb. It was bomb, a vanilla bomb, and it was so good. Like it is what you expect and used to, you know, come to expect from blends. Now that's not happening nearly as much. I feel like the quality control or the the profile just isn't the same, and it, it's partially because they're not aging them as long as they used to. Um, but if you have an older fill date versus a newer fill date, you can definitely taste the difference. If this had a little more viscosity, oh my god, it would be not. It's not bad yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. But I would like just a hint more of viscosity out of it. But for a twenty dollar bottle. Like I said, this would be amazing to, to sneak into a blind and just kind of see where it ends up. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you know, part of what I love in bourbons and what helps me generally when I drink a blind, I am not going to, uh, you know, care how much it costs. If I'm drinking a blind, mm -hmm. if I'm just rating it without figuring out the money, you know, that's, that's just kind of for me um, – that's not important. But then when you start figuring out the value and the overall rating, you know, price has to come into play. Oh yeah. You know, because if, if you get the exact same flavor, let I know it's next to impossible, but let's just say you get the exact same flavor between a bottle of, of Evan Williams bottled and bond and Blanton's and Blanton's is $63 and Evan Williams is, uh, I think the average MSRP is $17. Actually. <laughs> Less than 20. So, Outside of it looking good on your shelf, why would you go buy Blanton's for $63? Right. When you can get the exact same taste out of a bottle that may not look as cool, but if you're truly in it for the actual flavor, why would you go spend $63 for something you can get for $17? So to me, value is an important aspect of the review. When you're doing it blind, I think it's kind of cool because sometimes the the value gets blown out of the water when you have something that's seventeen dollars and it rates better than something that was you know sixty dollars. So, to me, that's a that's a huge huge uh, indicator or or I guess variable that you put in at the end of everything. 
But at the beginning, like this right here, this is good. It, I, I could sit down and drink this every night. And in fact, I'm probably going to start visiting this a little bit more often. Yeah, this makes me like want to be like, man, I need to have another one of these on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, and <clears throat> sometimes I like to go to Breaking Bourbon just to see like what they have to say. Like they're a very yeah. you know well yeah, yeah. known. No, they're good. Um, they gave it, you know, they're out of like five barrels, right? That's their thing. They gave it an overall of three barrels and they gave it a four barrel value, right? Because it's yeah. cheap and it's good. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, and that's, I mean, honestly, let's just say that, you know, times get a little harder. Or you're new to bourbon too. Or, or Both. Yeah, new to bourbon. I mean, this is a great starter bourbon Absolutely. for $17. If you end up not liking bourbon, you're, you're set back $17. Dude, I've spent more on a cheeseburger at a restaurant. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> you're not wrong i mean shoot when i go to the pearl <laughs> right it's like 16 dollars. yeah and then you know you're tipping after that and everything yeah. else so i mean yeah you're not wrong so overall i think this one i would have to agree with that i think it's there's nothing about this that says hey i'm super complex you know this mm-hmm. is something that tastes good you're going to get the – it's steady. You're going to get the same flavor every drink. There's no there's no like third drinks better than the first drink type of thing going on here. I feel like my third drink was the same as my first. So in that regard, I'd say, you know, one of the things that I always talk about on the show is something you can sit with through the whole night. I could sit with this through the whole night. Yeah. But it's not – the story's not changing throughout the night. It's the same – it's the same flavor. Agree. It's not overly complex. Um, it's not overly viscous, but it is a good, solid, nice drink. And I agree with Breaking Bourbon. Three out of five, but value-wise, four out of five. Yeah. No no doubt. I feel like, too, this would be really good with an old-fashioned. I don't know what it is, but I just think this would go in an old-fashioned really well. It's a little well, higher in proof. Why. I'll tell you why. It's a little higher in proof. It's got a good vanilla base to it, but yeah. it's also got, like you said, that little spicy back end, mm-hmm. a little, little peppery on the back end that would shine through, I think, in, a, yeah, in a, an old-fashioned. An old-fashioned. Um, I might next time I order an old fashioned, I'll see if they have this on the shelf and I might see if they'll use it. Next time I make a freezer door old fashioned, I might do one of these. What's a freezer door old fashioned? Oh, um, I thought I talked about this before. Maybe I didn't. And maybe you weren't here that day, but or maybe I forgot or maybe you just forgot. But uh, getting older these days, a freezer door old fashioned is where you take a bourbon, mm-hmm. you pour out like six ounces and then you replace it with. So you're basically pre-making. It's almost like a barrel-aged old-fashioned without the barrel. It's a bottle-aged old-fashioned. So okay. <laughs> you're basically uh, preparing it ahead of time. So you've got the um, – you pour out like six ounces of the bourbon. You pour in uh, whatever you're going to use for the, the simple syrup, maple syrup, simple syrup, whatever mm-hmm. you're going to use. Uh, and then you put in all the bitters. And you do it based off of the ratio of what's left of – after you pour out six ounces, you'd have – 18 ounces left basically or no 16 ounces something like that left in your bottle so you figure out how many uh, old fashions you would get out of 16 see. ounces and then you add that amount of simple syrup in to, a- to equal what you would do and then you throw it in the freezer, freezer. so you, have to, you shake it yeah. up then you throw it in the freezer and then now you've got a pre-made old fashioned you made it for like $20 in this case if you had a $17 and then you added you know maybe $3 worth of simple syrup and bitters okay so for 20 bucks you're you're going to end up getting you know let's just say you do 3 ounces of an old fashioned maybe you end up getting you know eight old fashions for $20 that's a really good idea and what's nice about it is, is you keep it in the freezer 
you pour it over a rock and it stays, cold it stays for, pretty yeah. damn cold. And I've been doing that a lot lately. I've got one upstairs made with an old forest or uh, old forest or a signature 100. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's um, a really good one too. Yeah. I used a little, I used regular maple syrup in that one because we were on vacation and it's a little too sweet. Yeah. I need to take some more old, fe- old forester and pour it in there. Dilute Just it down. Dilute it. Well, well diluting that's diluting the same the thing. Syrup yeah. Down. Yeah. But that, that it's really good. And all I have to do is I, I just, Garnish it with like an orange and a cherry, and then I'm good to go. And lately, my thing has been is garnishing it with an orange that I've that I've uh, sliced mm-hmm. so that it looks like a wheel. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then I I dip both sides in cinnamon. Okay. Do you put it? Do you leave it on the rim of the glass, or do you put it no, in I the put liquid? It in the glass, and then as it as it melts a little, and and it slowly disperses the uh, cinnamon into the drink. That's a good idea. It's pretty good. I'm gonna have to do some of those. Yeah. Maybe not the cinnamon. I don't know. No, but. the cinnamon is like this is real cinnamon. I'm okay. not talking like not artificial yeah. cinnamon. Okay. So it's real cinnamon, which you generally are okay I do. with. I am. Yes. So. All right, where do we go from here? We just did Evan Williams bottled on bond. I say we go to early times. I was thinking that as well. We'll go up in price. How about that? I think that's a good approach. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, so I was just in the great state of Kentucky. Um, yeah, did you pick up any bourbons? I did not. And what did you do there? What were you? What were you there for? So um, my mom, my mother is turning 70 this year and it's she is an outdoorsy person i get it from her um she loves to hike and do all these things but she doesn't really have anyone to do that stuff with and she's getting older obviously and she misses doing it so i took her down there to the red river gorge and we went hiking for two days i think uh that sounds like a cool time and i think it's awesome that your mom is 70 years old still active hiking I mean, she's probably not keeping up a pace that, you know, you would keep up. Yeah. But still, I mean, the fact that she's wanting to do that, be active, that's yes. cool shit. Yeah. Um, she loved it. She absolutely loved it. And the Red River Gorge is kind of a sleeper area. Like, it's it's definitely getting more popular. Like, yeah. I went there in college because I went to school in Moorhead, and it's only, you know, 20 minutes away from Moorhead, probably, something like that. Yeah. Um, that was forever ago. Now, like I said, it was it's insane how many people are there, which is great. But it is, it's a beautiful... Um, you know, area national, not a national park, a state park. Yeah. I love it. Well, my mom is like 77 or 78. I think she's 78 now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she'll be 78 this month actually. Um, and she is still mowing the, awesome. the yard and stuff like that. Like she loves it. She loves, that's her activity each week is she likes to mow the yard. Um, you got to stay active. She does, but I'm actually she enjoys Jameson and oh, nice. uh, she does like when I bring her some bourbon and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was actually thinking about trying to take her down to the you know, for a weekend to the uh, bourbon trail. And oh, maybe yeah. hitting a couple of distilleries and yeah. going to a couple of restaurants or something. A lot of people enjoy the um how do I wanna say this? Like the the tours, like seeing like how it's made yeah. and like seeing the facilities and um, even the tasting side of it. But and I the think the history of it too. Yeah, or? the history side of it, all of that, the process. Yeah, I, and I think she would appreciate that as well. And uh, I'd I'd like to do that sooner rather than later. Um, but uh, I was thinking like maybe around my birthday next next uh, spring or something. Mm-hmm. So see if she'd be interested. So anyway. We have early times bottled and bond now. This is an old, um, 
I guess if if you want to go back into it, uh, this was originally a Brown Foreman um, bottle, and this bottle is a Brown Foreman bottle, I'm sure, uh, that was sold off to Sazerac mm-hmm. that is now being produced by Barton uh, in Bardstown, same people that make 1792. I don't know where they are in the process. They can't be more than two years into their own juice being put into barrels to become early times bottled and bond. I do believe they do now own all the stock of the early times bottled and bond. Mm-hmm. So even though you're buying it at the Barton like distillery that they have out front, um, or the gift shop, I should say, they have out front, they sell early times and all that stuff now at Barton. But... The bottled and bond, I don't believe, is actually theirs yet. I think they're only like two years into that. So everything that you're buying that still says early times bottled and bond, I can't imagine. It's got to be another two years until at least. I don't know how long they were aging early times before uh, for the bottled and bond. Obviously, at least four years. Um, But we have to wait another two years at least before Mm -hmm. we get to the 1792 product, I believe. So... Did they? Am I misremembering, or did this used to have a black plastic screw cap versus... I thought it was always Is blue. Is it always a blue metal one? Okay. For some reason, I was thinking... I'm not aware of any other um, screw top that they had. Um, I'm, so, I'm misremembering then. Well, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I don't remember. I got to go look at the one I have in the basement then. I have one in the basement because this kind of holds a little special place in my heart. This was one of the first bourbons I had on the show. I can't remember if it was episode one or two for me. I, I, I get them confused. Um, the first two episodes I was on, one of them was Early Times Bottled and Bond, and I forget... The other one was the Whiskey Row series. Right, but I forget I what, else, first one. What, what else we had with Early Times Bottled and we Bond. Had old, we had Old uh, Granddad Bottled and Bond. Okay. I think we may have even had the Evan Williams here. And okay. Then, and then Heaven and Hill, possibly. But yeah, it was... Or Heaven Hill, not Heaven and Hill. Those were the first two episodes of me being on the show, but I think you're right. I think Whiskey Row was the first one. The... Black labeled uh, early times, which is not bought on a bond, does have a black screw tub, but I don't think that the blue shit is that what I have then is not a bottled and bond, just a regular early times. You, you probably have bottled and bond, that's one of your favorites. As soon as I go home, I got to look now, yeah. And then you also got to check see which Larson you have because that could, yeah, be, that could be an episode, no, definitely. Um, all right, so we've got early times bottled and bond. Uh, this is one I've got a lot of these. As we just found out. <laughs> uh, I thought I only had like three, and apparently I had three more in backup. In the backup. So I've got five and a half bottles of this, um, which I remember whenever I, because it's so cheap, it's in the $20 range. Right. Like 20 to $30, depending on where you buy it. Um, and anytime I go somewhere and see it sitting on the shelf and it's not marked up, I buy two bottles. Just because why not? Because yeah. I'll go somewhere and I'll take some vials of this when I go somewhere. Um, this is a great one for, because it's a hundred proof. You've got that little bit of a kick and I'll, you know, take it outside in the summertime with a cube and take it to the, you know, local, uh, designated outdoor oh, refreshment yeah. and stuff. Like Absolutely. That. So on the nose, I do think I like the nose of this one a little bit better than the, uh, Evan Williams. It's just a touch sweeter. And there's definitely a little bit more of a cherry on this one. I feel like, I would agree with that. There's a little more cherry. And then there's also a little bit of a, a leather or maybe tobacco on the nose for me. I don't know if I would have caught that on my own. It's it's it's, it's very faint. It's, it's very faint. faint. It's very faint. And it's it's almost like 
you're standing outside of the barn where they dry the leather or the tobacco. You're not inside the, the barn. You're you're on the outside. <laughs> and just getting And a, you just got a, a little, little breeze yeah. and it wafted over to you. I was going to say a little waft. Yeah, this is better. I just tasted it. It's oh, better. yeah. The Evan Williams was good. This has that punch of vanilla, mm -hmm. but it's just got a, just a touch more of complexity. I feel like I can almost chew this. It's almost yeah. like a caramel chew. It's a, like be, a, it's a better viscosity for mm -hmm. sure. This is good. And, and again, this is a, about 5 to $10 more per bottle than the Evan Williams. <coughs> so, I mean, that's part of it. Plus, now the early times, that's the other thing about this. The early times bottled in Bond, this is, isn't this a one liter bottle? I th yeah, one I liter. think you're right. This yeah. is one liter. So it's not even a 750. So you're getting for like in the $20 range, 20, 20 to $30. I, I think 25 is where it normally resides. But 25 to $30, you're getting a one liter bottle. So uh, an extra that's two, a, an extra 250. Good point to bring up. Yeah. When you talk about like value, value, absolutely. And it's good. I mean, for that price, you don't expect, especially nowadays, when everyone's chasing these $100 bottles, these limited, you know, limited time offerings. And then, you know, you've got, what was it, the the seller version of uh, Maker's Mark that just came out? It's it's already oh God, on know. the websites for $500. I think it's like a 175 MSRP, but I could be wrong. Um, but still, I would pay 175 for that. I'm, there's no way in hell I'm paying five hundred dollars. No. Now this right here, how does it compare to this? But my point is, is you know that's anywhere from twelve to fifteen years of age. I think the seller one mm -hmm. that they just came out with. So I could see paying one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty dollars for that. This is at least four years old. Um, it's got a lot of flavor to it. It does. There's a little bit of like a marshmallow in there too. I don't know. It's on my palate. There's just like a little hint of marshmallow that hits me. It's not as significant as like the old Forester 1920 marshmallow. Yeah, no, I get, I, I could see a little bit of marshmallow there. Um, so, vanilla is a big, I guess, uh, thing for me in the front mm -hmm. on this one. Uh, that's probably the most uh, in-your-face flavor from this is the vanilla, and then you've got um, that. I feel like the the tobacco or the the leather is on the finish with a just a little bit of spice. You might have a little bit more spice on the Evan Williams, like the pepper. I think there's a little more pepper in the Evan Williams. I agree. But this has a feeling of age to it yeah. because it's got the leather and the tobacco to me. And then, like you said, as I'm sitting here and it's not in my mouth anymore, but I'm kind of breathing it, I get a little bit of marshmallow. Yeah. Now, this is one I would I would not recommend for an old-fashioned, I think. I feel like this is enjoyed better neat. Um, cause there are some complex flavors in there. I'm not saying it would be a bad one. No, but I, but I think you're right though, because of the pepperiness from, the yeah, I think that's what makes it, it would make it really good for an old fashioned. Yeah. I don't think this would be bad in an old fashioned, but I do think you're right. I think the Evan Williams would probably be a little bit better. Um, man, yeah. I haven't had this in so long. I'm so glad that I'm revisiting this. Oh, well, I'm glad I'm here for you. <laughs> I've been There's drinking only six more bottles. Well, I, I drank this on vacation. I bought two bottles of it for my vacation. It's a good I, idea. I didn't even go through a whole bottle of it on vacation. Um, I didn't even drink a half of a bottle of this on vacation. I was surprised. I was wow. honestly surprised. Um, What's well, a bigger bottle, too? You have to remember that. It is, but like I, I figured over seven days, 
you know, even if a full bottle is like 24 ounces, so that's 12 pours. pours yeah. I feel like over a vacation, I'm having more than 12 pours. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would agree I, with that. And I didn't even go through half of a bottle. Like this bottle, I've had some since I've been home from vacation, and you saw where it was before we poured into this. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably had two-thirds gone after two weeks of having it. And that surprises me. And I wasn't the only one drinking out of this. So, again, another surprise. Like, I just, I didn't drink as much as I thought I was going to on vacation. Sounds like you didn't party hard enough on vacation. There was one night. There was one (laughs) night where I did. I made that freezer door old-fashioned. Okay. But it's still more than half full, too. You made it out of? uh, Old Forester. Oh, okay. That same one. Okay. That's the one I just made. And then I, I brought it home afterwards. Um, it was a little heavy on the syrup just cause I used regular syrup instead of like a simple syrup or maple syrup or a real maple syrup. It was like a, uh, like a log cabin. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a little thicker and syrupier. So does it like settle at the bottom? You got to like stir it up. You do a little like bit, a little. but also it, you can, there's a thickness to it as opposed to, so like it's, it, I don't know. I just need to add a little bit more old forester to it, I think. But yeah, so how would you rate this? You, I, so far, I think I like this one better than the Evan Williams. I do too. I think for the so I'm going to say it's a better value because a it's a bigger bottle, yeah, and you get more liquid, mm-hmm. whatever. Sure. Um the the taste of this aligns with my palate better, so I'm picking this over that, and I think it's a better value. Yeah. Going off of you like, got a third more, you get yeah. a third more out of it, and I don't think it costs a third more. Right. So I, 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 even if they were equal. I think it's like a four and a half, four value, whatever, four out of five value for sure. Yeah, I would say that this is probably like a 3.5 out of five yeah. on a regular scale, and then probably a 4.2 or 4.25 value. value. Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah this is good. Um, it's still, and what's nice about this is I, I talk about this, and I talked about this on the Evan Williams. The Evan Williams stayed the same every drink. This one has a little bit of evolution to it as you drink I was going to say the same. It's evolving a little bit in my mouth. A little bit. It's not like crazy, like some of the super nice complex mm-hmm. bourbons I've ever had, but it but it has a little bit of complexity and some evolution to it as I've been drinking it. And it's that's something I look forward to, and, and it's something I'm going to spend the whole night with. That's something that is welcome to me as I drink it over over the uh, you know the the period of an entire evening. I'm going to derail real quick and ask you a question. So. Go for it. Last year, Tyler did the Secret Santa, where he traded in one of his single oak projects that he got oh, from right, Buffalo yeah. Trace, mm-hmm. and he did that Secret Santa in that club that he's in. And I have two of those, and I can't bring myself to open them for some reason. I know we should do an episode of those sometime, but uh, I don't know why. I, know. I, don't, I don't know I don't why I don't want to open it. And it's, they're not even that special. I'm sure. I'm they're sure just, they're not. They're just hard to find. They're hard to find. I haven't looked them up online recently to see what they retail. But some of them are like five, six hundred dollars. I know. And they're only a three seventy five bottle. And we paid eighty, I think, a piece. I don't think it was that much. I think it was like sixty or something. Was it? It might have been eighty. It, you might maybe be right. it was. It, it was somewhere between. Maybe so. somewhere in that area. But yeah, you're probably not too far off. It's neat because it comes with a piece of the. There's a stave, like this, a little yeah, a small like a, section of it. Right. That's really neat. It's it's a very unique thing in general. Obviously, some of them are better than others, right? And they're all numbered. Well, supposedly the one that that won from their experiment is going to become its own bottle. Yes. And maybe that's the Weller. Maybe that's the new Weller, the, the Daniel Weller. Maybe. I, I haven't looked into it. I haven't either. But I have two of them, They're and they're different numbers, so they're not the same one. Or it would be a done deal. I'd be like, oh, yeah, they're the same. Right, like, I'll and trade. I think you and I, there were like four that day, 
And I think you and I got... There were three, I think. There may have been. And you and, and I, I have a duplicate. Have a duplicate. And then we have a unique one. Right. So we have two of the mm-hmm. three between the two of us. Yes. And we each bought two. So, so the funny thing was, this was before the days of the armbands, where they had the RFDs yeah. in them. So what we did was, is we... We had a tasting. We early. signed up for a tasting. Yeah. Which uh, allows you to go up in and... Uh, do a tasting, then come straight out into the gift shop. Well, the gift shop was so dead that day that we got into the gift shop before we went up to the tasting. We were still in masks, I think. I think it was still COVID. Yes, we were still in masks. So we went in and bought our bottles before we went to the tasting, yes. took them out to our car, went up to the <laughs> tasting and said, you know what? Hey, let's, let's take our chances. Yeah. Let's try to buy another. So we went down because you were only supposed to be able to buy one bottle. Yeah. So we went back down and bought a second bottle. Tyler was the only one who didn't buy two. Yep. And he's still, I think, pissed off about it, especially now that he knows what he was able to command from that one bottle. Yeah. Because um, he's the razor, flipper, not flipper, but like trader Trader, type person. Yeah. So he got a Weller 12 out of it. Yeah. Out of a... So he got a Weller 12 from a $75 bottle of 375 He ended up getting a 750 Weller 12. Yeah. Those go about 400 the Weller 12 so, do. So, yeah, I mean, he probably made out on that deal as far as investment's concerned. Yeah. I feel like people call, like, Weller 12 the Pappy Reject. Yeah, sure. So. I, I could see that. Um, and I think they have a poor man's Pappy that does, like, Weller, Weller 12 mixed with something else. 107, like I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't remember exactly what the combo is, but it's something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was uh, that was an interesting day. And that was before they did the RFID ban, so we were able to kind of slip one past the goalie, if you will. <laughs> um, but that was kind of neat. Um, and I don't know why, because even back then they were scanning IDs at the I, register, but they didn't scan our IDs. I swear, like the girl when I when I went back through, like I, I won't lie, like I I can't, like I'm not, I don't have a good poker face when it comes to, like doing. It's not illegal, but you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But it's and against, I was, like, against the rules. Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh man, she's gonna know. And she like made eye contact, and she was like, was it Doop. the same girl? Yes. <laughs> See, I I made sure to wait, and in fact, the person who I went through the first time opened up and I was supposed to go back to her, but I acted like I was looking for something yeah. in, the, in the last second checkout section. Cause there's a line, and right? I, and you and just kind of like someone go in front yeah. of me. I was like, Oh, you know what? I might. Uh, and I let, I'm look at this Christmas ornament. Right. And then the next person opened up and I went, so. I was going to play dumb. I was just going to be like, Oh, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. And you know, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> but she just let it. Um... Yeah. She just let it, she just let it slide. And I was like, well, I'm cool. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I think we've got two of these down. Um, we might do a Man, bonus. Go, smell your glass. Yeah, I know. We might do a bonus. Man, that smells good. After we're done with this, now that I know what I know. Yeah. Is Middle West Spirits bottle and bond? No. Okay. That would be cool if they did one. Mm-hmm. They probably don't have a bonded warehouse, though, is the mm-hmm. thing. Because I think most of those are in Kentucky. Makes sense. Why don't I grab one now okay because i want to do these last two last okay so let me grab one now and then we'll add one into the mix all right so i got a little surprise bottled and bond for uh brett here i know what it is he doesn't we're gonna taste this compare it to what we've had so far gotta do a little palate cleanse here and then we're going to move on can you set mine over with those other dirty Mm -hmm. ones and then We'll move on from here and do the original two that we had planned to end with. So we're going to go to five instead of four today. That could have been dangerous. All right, these are all dirty. 
Oh, you know what? This is 100 proof, but is it bottled and bond? It's not, is it? Oh, man, that's so good. It's not bottled and bond. Uh, yeah, I doubt it okay. is. That's, man, that's a top five, I bet, for me. I, I know that's crazy to say, day. but damn, yeah. that's good. I had some of this the other day, and I had some of this the other day. What's uh, the, the Lux, Lux 12? 12 that Lux 12 is really good. Yeah, it is. All I right. want to do, I know we're recording right now. I want to do an episode called Bourbon Through the Ages, right? And we do like a four-year, a six-year, a 10-year, a 12-year, a 15-year, whatever. How, how, how I think 15 is probably as high as we can go. I've got an 18. You have an 18? Do yeah, Bourbon the, Through the Ages. I've got the Elijah Craig 18. Yeah, I think that would be a fun episode. Huh. And now there's going to be a lot of variety, like, you know, weeded versus, but just try and keep them as similar as we can. And maybe we kind of pool our stuff together and be like, oh, what, what, you know, who'd be good on an episode like that? Jason. Jason. Yeah. (laughs) And that could be a fun one to do bourbon through the ages. Yeah. Interesting. And you know, what would be even cooler if we could pull it off is all bourbons from the same distillery. Yeah, that would be hard, but that would be awesome to do that. Because, I mean, Elijah Craig has some of that, but they don't have very much, like, super young stuff. I think most of their stuff on the shelf is 6 to 12 years old. Then you could do Heaven Hill, probably. Yeah. And do like, yeah, yeah. like, you could start with, like, Mellow Corn. But I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing. I would want to do – it'd be interesting if we could do something with the same mash bill from early ages all the way up. And I know Buffalo Trace has a lot of that because they only have two – Hi, two uh, mash bills. If you're not counting the weeded, you yeah, only have two mash bills. But after the ten year Eagle Rare, I don't know where you go because the, tw- the Weller is weeded. You know what I mean? The twelve year right. Weller. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be an interesting episode. We'll have to research it. We'll have to research that a little bit. I, I can probably count on Tyler to do some research. <laughs> He'd probably do some for us. This already smells good. Yeah. All right. I get. What do you get on the nose? I, caramel, vanilla. I get caramel and vanilla, but I feel like I get some cherry again. That's such a cop-out answer, too. Like, you can say caramel, vanilla for fucking everything, <laughs> and I hate that. Right. Pro tip, if you're at a tasting and you're not very good <laughs> at nosing, just say you get some vanilla. That's There's, always... And you can always say, oh, some brown sugar or caramel, and just kind of make it a question, and then everyone will jump on board and agree with you. Um, I'm getting s'mores graham cracker marshmallow. Right now? Yeah. Now, if you get into your expert pro-level game, or you just like to play some Russian roulette or some regular roulette, <laughs> you can just start throwing out some crazy right. shit like Brett does and see if anyone else jumps on. I love it when I throw something out and someone else is like, I get that too. And I was like, I fucking took a shot in the dark on that one. Well, I mean, but your nose is actually, you have a pretty good ability to do some, like, I don't know if you want to call it recall. There's a lot of surface area. (laughs) (laughs) But you have a lot of, uh, that's not even what I mean. Like, you just have good recall tying a a smell to a memory or a taste or a, uh, you know, an item or a product or something like that, which is kind of neat. That dark fruit's there now. When you said cherry, I just had to, to, to get my nose in there a little further. But you get a little something there, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's a plum, but there's a dark fruit now. So I feel like this one. Holy crap. Is the most complex we've had so far. I feel like this one's going to change a little bit as I drink more. That was all dark fruit. As soon as it hit my tongue. It's good. It's very good. Uh, I don't get much vanilla on the flavor. No. 
I got it on the nose, but I did, I don't get much on the flavor. Um, but this this what's interesting to me about this one is it uh, diverges from what you normally get from their flavor profile, in my opinion. I can't wait to find out what this is. I I wish it so it's very complex. I wish it had a tad more viscosity because that's just my wheelhouse. Ooh. That second drink I just had, oh, it finished with a nice cherry bomb on the back. It was almost like a vanilla cherry uh uh smoothie type of thing. Yeah. Ooh. I get hmm. damn. I get vanilla. It's a dark cherry. Yeah. yeah, Is yeah, that yeah. like maraschinos Maraschino, or luxardos, yeah, yeah. whatever? No, uh, uh not maraschino. Maraschino is the bright one. Okay. Uh, Luxardo, yeah. What I'm thinking, I do this with my fingers. I'm like, hmm, what is this? <laughs> You're playing the fiddle. Yeah, it's like I'm playing a little violin with my fingers over here. Oh, man, this is good. It is. What's interesting is I've had this a few times. and Man, this is complex. Yeah. I've had this a few times, and I haven't enjoyed it as much as I'm enjoying it now. I'm dying to know what this is. I almost forgot this was here. I didn't and almost. it's a bottled and bond? Yeah. Now, is it greater than four years? I assume it is. I would think it is. I don't, I don't know for sure because I don't think they age state it. There's no hint of corn or anything like that to I suggest. Will, I will give you a hint that it might, I'm throwing up air quotes, age faster because it's heat cycled. It's a heat-cycled warehouse. Oh, so Old Forester. It is. <laughs> Old Forester. Presidents? No. Bottled and Bond. Uh, Whiskey Row Series. Oh, it's the green label. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That one's the ninth or eighteen ninety seven. Yep. Yeah. Are it's eighteen ninety seven because that's the the yeah. bottom bond act. Man, I haven't had this in so long. Yeah. That was a good call. Yeah, I just I, I was like about to pour some old granddad one hundred and I was like, nah. I'm glad you didn't. I'm yeah. glad you went with this. No, this is this is good. This is better than I remember. Absolutely. I have one of these. So we did the old Forester tasting at cafe round two mm-hmm. forever ago. And that rep brought a shitload of bottles. I don't know if you remember that. And he I was do. like, I planned on like drinking these and we didn't because you brought a bunch of stuff as well. Yeah, I brought my whole whiskey row series and, and he I just gave them to us. Barrel strengths. And so I took the 18. He gave us some stuff. Yes. A full bottle. Yes. Fuck. I Maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know. You know what? I remember. Statue of I limitations. Already, no, I already had it, and that's why you, you took did. it. Because I was like, oh, I've already got it. You and then it. Jeff yeah. took the 18... 1870. Because I don't like that one at all. Yeah, you don't. I um, remember that one. That was your least favorite yeah. on our. I mean, that was a long time ago. It I would was. be. I would be intrigued to do revisit. the whiskey row series again yeah. and just uh, blind them and see how we see how they do. You blind them, but you also throw in. A 1915 blind. And then, like, just an old Forrester 100 signature? Yeah. Just to fuck with you? Yeah, because the 1915, which isn't a real thing, I get it, but um, it's a cult thing, is fucking delicious. It is. It is. And just to see where it falls in, and again, in a blind, where does it fall? Yeah. It would be interesting. I mean, you can't get wrong with old Forrester. Yeah, I, I think old Forrester, you either really, really, really like it, or you just don't like it. I've been drinking my... Um, Some people don't like banana. That's fair. And if you don't like banana, I could see where you wouldn't like standard Old Forester. I don't think the Whiskey Rose stuff has as much banana present. Oh, so there's no banana in this. No, I, I don't get any banana on this either. Um, but the, the standard offerings from Old Forester, I feel like banana is like a 
it's almost like a staple. Like you, mm-hmm. it's bananas. You know, bananas there's, Foster. Bananas. There's something about their yeast because Brown Foreman, some something. other Brown Foreman products have that, and it's something in the yeah, yeast. like Jack Daniels and stuff. Every speaking once in a while. of, when we're ready to do the JD, I got that 12 to try. Yeah. I wish you would have had that when we did the Sinatra episode. That yeah, been cool. that would have been good. And you like it, you say? Oh my God, I don't. I had I had to put it in the back of the cabinet and forget it's there, <laughs> or it'll be gone. I almost bought it. It was three hundred dollars on vacation. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. No, I mean, no, I don't know if I would pay. It's it's fucking great, but is it three hundred dollars? I don't know. That's a lot of money. I don't know many bourbons I've had that. That's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah, I I agree. Outside of just saying, hey, I, I was able to buy this. I yeah, don't, I just, yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, this keeps changing every time I drink it in a good way. The more I drink this, the better it gets. What's the MRS, MSRP on this? I think they're all like fifty to sixty dollars. This tastes like a fifty dollar bourbon. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would say value I would put wise, it there too. the complexity of this, like going from the initial Evan Williams bottled and bond to this, and I'm not saying that Evan Williams is bad, but just the the sheer complexity of flavors in this. Yeah, like, I, wow. For for eighteen twenty dollars, Evan Williams is good it's mm-hmm. it outkicks its coverage mm-hmm. this one i feel like hits exactly at the right price point this is for tonight this is hitting me in all the right spots like this is my let me say it a different way okay i would pay 30 dollars for that up to 30 dollars for the evan williams i think that's fair but i would not probably pay 70 bucks for this i think 60 55 60 is where i'd pay for this I, I agree with that completely. So I think this is priced correctly. Mm-hmm. I think Evan Williams is underpriced. Yeah, I think it's worth $30. Yeah. That, th- so that's what I mean by that. I think Evan Williams is worth, or I'm sorry, Early Times is worth $30 Yeah, as I agree well. with that. Yeah. Um, and like probably, you said. Probably a little bit. If I'd pay $30 for Evan Williams, I'd pay $35 for this. Yeah, for, I was going to say $35, maybe $40. For the Early Times. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But then you start you start creeping. When I'm at well, f- but, and I've had the chance to buy it more expensive because it's, you know, uh, you cannot find it in Ohio. Yeah, it's hard to find. I agree. If when it when it comes, it's gone that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember whenever we would see it on the shelf, yeah. you would always tell yeah. me to pick you up a bottle. Absolutely. And, and the only place I ever really saw it was like Chateau uh, Wine, Wine and Spirits on Sawmill. Um, Arena would have it once in a while. Liquor Barn, not Liquor Barn. Um, and since Covington, right across the river there. Yeah, yeah, but that's Kentucky. I'm saying. Oh, okay, I'm that's saying true. I'm Ohio. Um, just the stones throw away, as they say. Right. Um, yeah, this is good. This is worth the money, in my opinion. Absolutely. So we've got two more left. Which one do you want to do first? Let's do Heaven and Hill. I want to let that oxidize we, a little I, bit. You did the same thing I did. Heaven, heaven and, and Hill. Hill. Just Damn Heaven and Hill. Yeah, yeah. I did. I said the same thing earlier. There's, there's a little ampersand. In, mm. Oh, never mind. It's hard to see. It's hard to see. It's hidden. Yeah, I'm actually thinking this is i'm pleasantly surprised by this me too and you know what so this is what i was going to ask you too but we got uh, sidetracked when you think whiskey row series this doesn't even come to mind no it's always 1910 1920 yeah that's what i was and saying the 1870 doesn't even come to mind either because i don't like it i need to try it again i like it but it's my least favorite of the four yeah yeah, I love the 1910 1920 always. Yeah, and the 1915. <clears throat> the, the 1915 is. Remember we had Jackie on and she was even talking about it. She, she was did. like, "Yeah, it's she a knew. thing." And she's like, "Yeah, it became a thing." It's like, uh, was that before or after she winked at me? I think I, it was before. I don't remember her ever <laughs> winking at you to be honest. I, I don't know that, why I, I have feel this like thing with that Jackie. Might, 
I feel like that might just be some figment of your imagination. I could be wrong. I think she winked. There may have been something in her eye. It was a like, wink. It was, it was like wink. that Seinfeld episode yeah. where he gets the grapefruit in his eye. Was it a pick? That's the nose picking episode. Yeah, I know. I'm, Remember I was, the grapefruit episode? Yeah, I do. I do. And they. Oh. Like, so again, I'm segueing, but <laughs> I went through this phase where I couldn't find anything on TV to watch. And like my ADD would get the best of me. And like I, I would just like scroll, scroll, scroll. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start Seinfeld season one, episode one. Season one, episode one is terrible. It is. And it's where George was actually a comedian too. Yes. And just let it play. It's the pilot episode. George originally was supposed to be, they were both supposed to both be comedians trying to make it in the, in the stand-up comedy world. And then it ended up being that only they just left Seinfeld as the mm-hmm. comedian. And George was his like, just i don't want to say loser he's kind of the doofus uh, like but like almost like a loser yeah. best friend but he wasn't really a loser he just you know never really had a true career mm-hmm. if you will but i'm like holy shit some of this is still hilarious yeah oh, the, the, i think seinfeld ages pretty well and i another show that i grew up on that i think semi aged well there are a lot of aged episodes as well but there's a lot of just good humor. Cheers. Oh yeah, Cheers is great. There's there's some really good episodes of Cheers. There's some old ones that were like aged because they were focused around topical things like sports, like the Celtics or yeah. something like that. But a lot of them were actually really good and still hold up to this day. One of my favorite things is Ted Danson had a Corvette. And uh you know, he he was a recovering alcoholic who was a bartender, bartender right. which is funny. He owned a bar and was a bartender. So that was kind of, you know, uh, just that in and of itself was kind of a funny thing. He's a recovering alcoholic who owns a bar and is a bartender. And I think he was a former baseball player in the show, if I, I remember so. right. And, uh, but, but he had a Corvette. It was like his baby. All right. So he, he joins. I don't know. Do you need a pause? Yeah. That's fine. All right, sorry about that, guys. I got a call from my sister, and last time I got a call from her was uh, not good news. So I <laughs> paused uh, just to make sure nothing was uh, amiss, and uh, thankfully nothing's amiss. So <laughs> she was just calling to check up, which, uh, you know. Oh, that smells good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we've got Heaven Hill bottled and bond in the glass now. So, so far we've done Evan Williams. We've done Early Times bottled and bond. And we did the Whiskey Row series, Old Forester, 1897 Bottled and Bond. That was our third one. That was the surprise that I gave Brett. And now we've got the Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. I mean, there's something punching me in the face, and I want to hear what you say to see if I'm way off. Don't say anything yet. I'm not, yeah. This is a seven-year-old Bottled and Bond. It used to be a six-year. And I remember when they made the switch to seven, people were actually saying they preferred the six-year. Hmm. Um, and the price went not up. always better. No, it's not always better, but the price went up a little bit. I think I've had both and I believe that I like the seven year better, but man, I like this. Oh, smell. So I've got a backup bottle in the back here. I bought this last mm-hmm. time I was in Chicago. I had this bottle already and I bought the backup bottle. I saw it in Chicago at a store. I was like, shit. And I was in, um, either Florida or Tennessee. And they had more of this, and it was actually reasonably priced. It was this. The interesting thing about this is, I think it's around sixty to seventy dollars now, uh, MSRP. Is it really? But 
the secondary generally isn't that much higher. It's usually right around that price. So when you see it in secondary states, a lot of times it's still just sitting there for that same price. This isn't one of those ones that flies off the shelf. It used to be. Oh, it doesn't anymore? It used to be. And I think it does in some locations. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I see it a lot for the standard price. And it doesn't, you know, it's just sitting there a lot of times. Um, okay, nosing, you say? Oh, my, it, it like punches me in the face. I get, there's some sweetness there. I get almost like a smoky. It's not that at all. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I get like a smoky, uh, it's almost, I don't want to say this because you already said this tonight a little bit, but I almost get like a. I haven't said this yet tonight. Okay. Well, then I was going to say like a graham cracker type, um, uh, not quite a s'more. It is chocolate, like but I, chocolate graham cracker punch in the face. But I don't man. get the marshmallow. No, I get not the, at all. I get the graham cracker and I get the chocolate. So that's why I was going to say. That's why I was saying not quite a s'more, but I, I get the graham cracker, and I do get the chocolate. The chocolate is there, and the more what's interesting to me is chocolate. I feel is not a dominant smell. Agree. Vanilla is. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times when I pick up chocolate i pick it up after like you know minutes later okay you know what i'm yeah. saying i bet if you take a sip and revisit maybe it'll be there i yeah, could be wrong but like that's the thing about chocolate smell for me it'll be there it's it's a it's a very strong flavor it's not a strong nose that's fair yeah absolutely to me it just seemed ironic like man as soon as i smelled that it was like whoa you know what else is ironic Getting rain laid, on your wedding day. Oh, I'm sorry. Getting laid off on Labor Day weekend. Oh, that's shitty. That's just kind of like a kick in the dick. <laughs> it is, and uh, my dick has been kicked. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so on the taste. Oh, complex. It has a, yeah, there's a lot actually. I was about to say one thing. I get the smokiness that I got on the nose a little bit. Um, there's some definite smoke there. There's some chocolate in the taste. Um, there's some sweetness there that I'm not sure what I, I haven't pinpointed yet. I, I don't. Is today Cherry Day? Because I feel like I get a little bit of cherry on the back end. I don't. Um, I think you're going to on this drink. May I mean maybe. Man, there's a lot. Cherry. Cherry. Maybe so. <laughs> you don't want to admit it. It's there. There's a little bit. No, no, no. So I love dark chocolate. Yeah. And when I go to the grocery, a lot of times, like if I want like sweet stuff, I buy these like dark chocolate what bars. Percentage? Oh, it's got to be like 70 and up. Yeah. But not of the cacao. But what's what's the high? Like what's the highest? Because you get to too high, it's gross. Yeah, I would say it gets like chalky. It gets powdery. It gets, yeah, it's like, like chalky. Powdery. That's what I mean. Yeah, chalky. Yeah. yeah. Um, usually, like anything like ninety or above. Nine, to me, ninety and below is for dark chocolate is good. Is where it's at. That's what I'm saying. Ninety yeah, yeah, above. Is too I know much. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's too much. Yeah, I know where you're um, going. I feel like, and so and part of it's like bourbon. It's funny. Like my palate evolved. Like 
I started off at like 60% cacao and then like 70% cacao, right? And <laughs> you go through these cacao. <laughs> and you go through these different things. And um, I used to get one that had like a dark chocolate in it. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, a, a cherry within the dark chocolate. Oh, I'm so I, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying now. And yeah. so one of, I feel like it's, it reminds me of that a little bit. Even what, had like a what, little wait, raspberry. What was the word you said? Cacao? No, before cherry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. no, it's it's there. I think it takes some like some like for me some like some I'm digging and convincing. I'm messing with you. It might even be a more a little more raspberry. It, and here's the thing. When I say cherry, my palate is not as evolved as yours. You mean all dark fruits? Right. So when I if there's a dark fruit present, it presents fruit. itself to me as cherry. And like sometimes I'll get plum. Maybe. I don't even eat plums, so why do I say plum? I don't know. No, I'll eat plums once in a while. I, I, do I mean, I don't plums. I don't go buy them, but I've I've had and I recognize plum. But have you had? So I was at a tailgate. I think it was last year, last football season. We're we're approaching football season this year. We're in football season. Oh, maybe that's what I'll do this weekend. But someone done. They done. Someone smoked. <laughs> someone done did. Someone it. done did. Then murmur. Yeah, they done did smoke it. They smoked. Dates wrapped in bacon. Oh, oh my god, they were fucking great. Now you're just flirting with me. They were. They were. I would have never even oh. like thought because I don't eat dates. I don't go. I love dates. I mean, I like dates too, but you know, no, I mean the, the food. <laughs> I the food. This is good. This is very good. How would you rate this up against the Old Forester? Because they're, they're oh man, they're closely priced. This might edge in over the Old Forester. Like knowing, a half a point. Knowing that this is over $10 more than the Old Forester. I think it's worth the $10 more. Okay. All I right. think it's worth That's the $10. What was, That's what I was trying to get at. Would it be, would, if you said 25 I would say no. If it, you say 10 It might. I mean, it might even be. Uh, let me look it up real quick. I don't know what I did with my phone. I'm okay with $10 over. Yeah. Um, so. I sound like such a cheap ass. Um, so, all right, let's, if we look up, so if you ever wonder how to find Man, this, stuff, is really good. There's an app out there called booze app, B O O Z. Oh, I didn't know this. It's called the booze app. And, uh, it looks like a B, like a fancy B with a circle around it. And it tells you what the fair price is, what the expected shelf price is, and what the average MSRP is of all these different things. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I use it all the time. To usually prove Tyler wrong <laughs> is usually my uh, my my case. Now this is the Heaven Heaven Hill bottled and bond. It says average MSRP is forty dollars, but that has changed. It is no longer a forty dollar MSRP, from what I understand. I think it's I think it's like fifty five or sixty. It says fair price seventy one thirty six. So seventy one thirty six versus the Old Forester. 1897. So let me uh, pull that up here, uh, which is it says fair price of 68.71. Average MSRP is 47. So similarly priced. Yeah, they're in the same stratosphere. And I feel like the Heaven Hill notch is just a teeny bit. Yeah, no, that's fine. I was just saying that it's a it's a similar. It's in the same stratosphere as prices. We, we've gone look. We've gone Evan Williams and and early times, which I feel like are in that bottom rung. Yeah, agree. And then you've got Heaven Hill uh, and the Old Forester, which are in that n higher tier, yeah. if you will. Yeah. We're going to go Couple back. Meter. We're actually going to go Couple back down middle. as far as MSRP is concerned. Uh, we're going to go back down on the next one. And uh, 
I think that's the one that's going to be kind of surprising um, because the MSRP for this next one's like 35 35 yeah, I know. You won't find it for that no. unless you're in Ohio or at the distillery. Unless you're waiting in line at Ohio. Or at the distillery. Or at the distillery, yeah. And every time I go to the distillery, all I feel like almost every time I go, they've got it. See, it's either that or another one. The and, one, well, there's three that I I've gotten it's lucky. Always the other one is when I'm always there. That one is always when I'm there. It seems. Well, that's been there. I never saw it. Never saw it. Never Last saw it. Three times and I've then, been, and then it was there for like four in a row. I was like, damn, all right. And I had to cheat my way into getting one because I was I was on the 90-day uh, <laughs> block list. All right. So if you haven't figured out what I'm talking about, we're doing E.H. Taylor next. Small batch. Small batch. So if you're going to talk bottled and bond, it only makes sense to talk about E.H. Taylor, seeing as how Colonel Taylor was the one who uh, really, really pushed for the Bottled and Bond Act. They hand out these Colonel things pretty easily. Colonel Sanders, so, Colonel Taylor. Well, Colonel is a Kentucky... I'm kidding. No, but do you know the do you know the story behind Colonels? I feel like I've heard it, but I don't remember. I'm not lying. So it's like knighthood in England. So the Colonel is a... Um, Colonel is a... Uh, what do you call it? Celebratory notoriety thing? Yeah, but it's like a it's an honorary. That's yeah, the honorary. Way. There you go. So it's an honorary uh, moniker that they give to people who, in England, it's usually someone who has represented England well, like an English citizen who has done something crazy, like good, whatever. You know, like Paul McCartney. He's he's a is it he's is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, um, piano guy Elton John. Yeah, there Elton you go. John. You know, different people like that. Sir Elton John, my mistake. Now, you have in Kentucky a similar thing, and it's Colonel. You have Colonel Sanders. <laughs> why it's so funny it is. <laughs> it is kind of funny, but I didn't expect that laugh. And then Colonel Taylor, Colonel E.H. Taylor. Um, so, and, and their honorary status is someone who's done something. They're either in Kentucky, for Kentucky. They're a Kentuckian who has done something you know, that is noteworthy or outstanding, and they get the Colonel moniker. Now, I don't know if Colonel Taylor died Colonel Taylor or if he became Colonel Taylor after he died. That I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know when he was bestowed upon with the moniker of Colonel. Let's look that up right now. What do you think? I think it was given to him after death. So you think it was posthumously? Yes. <laughs> was it posthumously? Posthumously, he told a joke and then they gave him his colonel. Uh, colonel uh, Bestow. Let's see if this figures it out. I'm trying to look too. Um, I should probably just say, when did E.H. Taylor become Colonel. All right. So let's There's go ahead. Columbus, Kentucky. Didn't know that. He's a Columbus in almost every He was state. born in Columbus. I know. I get that. Makes sense, though. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and nose this while I'm looking this up. Uh, butterscotch. Oh, my God. You're right. That is right in the face. Yeah. It it's hits like, me right in the nose. Right in the nose holes. 
Oh, what is a Kentucky colonel? The state's governor gave Taylor the honorary title of a Kentucky colonel. Has no affiliation with any military rank. Um, and is recognized by many accomplishments, contributions, and local to their community and public relations. Does it say when he got it? No, it's just saying, like, what is a colonel? Um, this did, is like, who is E.H. Taylor? What is a colonel? Did you know he was the mayor of Frankfort, Kentucky in 1871? Did you know that I worked in Frankfort, Kentucky for six months? Did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> <laughs> what is this, Jerry Maguire? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I can uh, compete with that. <laughs> is that what he says? That's what Tom, Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't compete with that. I like Tom Cruise outside of his weird... Outside Scientology of his, uh, stuff. Scientology yeah. nonsense, yeah. His movies are good. Agree. I love He's the... He's a good um, actor. Mission all, Impossible. Even though, like, they've had, like, 12, so that mission's not impossible, but... <laughs> They're all different missions. Each one was impossible. But I do like them. Until he completed them. They're like a James Bond, kind of. They were impossible until he made them possible. I like the Russian one, where they're in the Kremlin. The one. Is that what it's called? I don't know. But they're in the Kremlin. I'm saying the one Russian one. Weren't weren't they all Russian? No, I feel like they're all different. Like, but the one he's like in the Kremlin. So did we know when he became bestowed, or when he was bestowed the honorary title of? I have yet to find. All right. um, So I'm going to know some more while you're looking. I'm 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 counting on you and your Google capabilities. Well, it talks about he sold the distillery to George T. Oh, Stagg. Listen, E.H. Taylor was a fucking shyster. <laughs> I'm serious. That's all right. There are stories about him, how he... You got to do what you got to do. No, you'll never hear this at Buffalo Trace because they don't tell this ty- side oh, of the sure. story, which I yeah. think they should. This is part of the story that just makes it even cooler, in my opinion. It sucks if you ever dealt with him, but all those people that dealt with him are long dead and gone. Unless you're somehow in poverty because of something he did three generations ago or five generations ago or whatever. So E.H. Taylor... Do you know what the E.H. stands for? Edmund Haynes. Good job. Was I right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Damn straight. Don't test me, Brett. I didn't know. It was literally right here in the Google questions. (laughs) To be honest, that just... A shot in the dark? No. When you asked me the question, it just sprung into my head for some reason. I've seen it somewhere and I don't know why. No, but... So Edmund Haynes Taylor. <laughs> okay, let's let's take it down a notch. <laughs> Don't call me on my bullshit. Um, no, but anyway, so he was a shyster. So he what he used to do, and this is why he was part of so many distilleries back in the day. Castle and Key mm-hmm. is his old. That's the old Taylor Distillery. Um, you know, Buffalo Trace used to be his distillery. I believe he had one other distillery. And what he would do is he would start a distillery, take out all these loans and all this stuff. And then he would get behind in his finances because he would overdo his distillery, like that castle. It's like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> uh, but it, kind but, of. Well, you're going to hear something that was similar. But the castle he built, that was like over... He wanted he wanted the actual distillery to be just this glamorous, you know, glorious thing. So anyway, what he would do is he would distill this stuff. His bourbon would come to age. He would sell it. He was a banker. But he would sell it to more than one mm. person. <laughs> and whoever came to pick it up first is who would get it. The one who came to pick it up second, oh, no, uh, there was an issue. And so then he ended up being in debt 
to the people who would give him money for bourbon he never delivered. And you know what he would do? He would move to Ohio or move to Indiana. Oh, cross state lines. Until yeah. his debts were uh, you know, past the statute of limitations. Then he would come back down into Kentucky and he would start another distillery and start from scratch. That's funny. And he did that like two or three times. So he, he was is a shyster. He was quite the shyster, but he was also a very uh, influential, you know, force when it came to uh, politics and different things like that. And he made good bourbon, and that was kind of his. That was his thing. He made good bourbon. Thank you for your contributions, Mister Taylor. I'm sorry, Colonel Taylor. Colonel Taylor. That's Colonel Edmund Haynes Taylor to you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ahead and nose this again. I still get the butterscotch. Still get the butterscotch. The palate's fantastic. I get, um, on top of the butterscotch, I get a little bit of butter. Like, not just butterscotch, but like the butter, like almost like a buttered toast. Either that or I'm, ha- I'm having a stroke, one or the other. It's burnt toast and you're having a stroke. You're good. Oh, f- fantastic. Right? That was the F I was going for. I know. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I sprung a leak. <laughs> Um, you know what I'm excited about? I'm not excited about it being the final season. Archer is back. Oh, is it the final season of Archer? It's the final season. They've announced it. I'm Man, so upset so about good. that. I'm sorry. No, it is very good. Wow. But you know what I love about Archer? So I've made a shirt. I've seen it. It's called Old Bunkum. Yeah. And it's a picture of Archer holding a bourbon mm-hmm. glass. And it says like established like 1873 or something. I don't remember the date. But I made a shirt based off of him drinking bourbon. And you know how many episodes I had to watch before I figured out that he was what the actual bourbon he was drinking was? Oh, what's was? he drinking? I have no idea. Old Bunkum. Oh, it's just a made-up. It's a made-up thing. Yeah. It's called Old Bunkum. So I made a shirt. You probably have to do it that way. Right, yeah. So I made a shirt that was Old Bunkum, and it's him on the it's that's him cool on my though. shirt. And it's, have you seen me wear the shirt? I've seen the shirt, yeah. Well, that's what it came from, was from me finally figuring out. There were a few episodes where he was drinking scotch. And they made a joke about like almost making it like a commercial where he looks at the camera and it's a fake Scotch label. Mm-hmm. It's not a real brand, but he, he would look at the the camera and he'd hold up the glass and he'd say, you know, blah 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 blah, you know, <laughs> and it was like Glen Flublida or something, you know, something goofy. Uh, but but outside of that, he was he would drink bourbon almost every episode, and like he's half drunk every episode, and that's what kind of makes it funny. Yeah. I can't watch that show and not want to drink bourbon. I would want to drink. I would be the same. Because he's sitting there drinking bourbon. Like, do you have that effect whenever you're watching like a show where they... Here's another one. Suits. Mad Men. Matt, yeah. Archer. All three of those, when I sit and watch those shows, it makes me want to have bourbon. I'm thinking of... Uh, God, not the big short. Now... All, Suits, they're drinking scotch usually. They don't. A lot they, of they business don't, people used to do scotch, for and they sure. don't generally drink bourbon. Yeah, but they're sitting there drinking straight or neat, you know, out of a out of a rocks glass, mm-hmm. you know, a finger or two fingers worth of of scotch, and it, you know, it's whiskey, and I, and it just makes me sit there like, fuck, I need to be drinking with these guys. One of my coworkers, we did a, a trip to Milwaukee for whatever stupid stuff. It doesn't matter, work related stuff. But he was in a scotch club in med school. I was talking about scotch and this and that, and then I was I kind of like brought him to the dark side of bourbon away from scotch. Wait, and he wait, was like, wait, hold on. 
What do you mean the dark side of bourbon? No, no, no. I'm just, it's not the dark side, but like. The dark side of whiskey? Yeah, I guess. Bourbon? Yes. But uh, he was a Scotch guy. That would be a good title to a book. That is actually. The dark side of whiskey, colon. Because bourbon. Scotch was this, Ooh, you know. We should write a book. How do I want to say the Scotch was a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's this old timey thing. It's it's sophisticated. It's refined. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like businessmen drink scotch. It's a cultural thing. Cultural is a good word. Yes. And so he grew in med school. He went. He was in a scotch club, right? And he and they would, you know, oh, we're doing an isla and like doing all this, and you had to like isla. Isla is that what it is? I don't drink scotch. It's Isla, and it was funny because you know I introduced him to some bourbons, and he was like, "This is so much better." It is. <laughs> Listen, it was so, funny, and we did some like blinds. Here's the we thing: we literally played the pay the bartender to set up a blind. We were like, "Here's a hundred dollars, set up some blinds for us," yeah. and he did it. That's it was cool. great. That that's a cool bartender. It was really fun. Here, here's the thing about scotch. It scotch was negative is good. eighteen degrees in Milwaukee, but anyway, oh, and, but that's the best time to drink whiskey. <laughs> it was. Um, that's not the wind chill either. <laughs> Here's the thing about, uh, scotch. I, I, you're right though. There's something that's just sophisticated. That and like, makes you think it's sophisticated. Yeah. The, the way it's been presented and they've done a great job of yeah. marketing it. The way it's been presented in shows like Mad Men and Suits, like these high class, high powered people. Businessmen. At the end of the day, yes. you know, celebrating or just, or just drinking, or at a wedding or whatever, just drinking whiskey and it's always scotch. The problem is, is when you actually get it in the glass, it's not, it's not that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there, and and here's there's exceptions to that. So, and this is the reason why. Okay, and this might be an American thing, but we like a lot of flavor. We like a lot of things. Like if you go to England, their food is not that flavorful. It's very bland. Yeah. Their big spices are salt and pepper. Well, that's the spice trade, too. Remember that back in the day? Right, whatever the reason. So uh, this is a deep this is a deep stretch for me. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give a a made up history and why and a made up reason as to why I think it's the case. Okay. Their food there is very bland. I think their whiskey is very bland. It comes. There's not a lot of flavor coming from the wood because it's already been all the flavor has been stolen from bourbon. Okay, bourbon then ships their barrels over next over to Ireland to Scotland and they make their Irish whiskey. They make their their Scotch from used bourbon barrels mm-hmm. for the most part. There's some exceptions to that, but it's usually used bourbon barrels. So these bourbon barrels have been completely stripped of most of their flavor, most of their sugars, and then they ship them over to Scotland and Ireland. They place their whiskey into, you know, the the uh, uh, the barrels, and there's not as much flavor that can come from them. So the flavor from their whiskeys are coming primarily from the pre-barreled, uh, you know, recipes. And so, like the Isla, uh, or you know, uh, bourbons, those are going to be, or sorry, scotches, uh, are going to uh, be heavy. Most of them, there are some that aren't, but most of them are going to be heavy in the peat because they smoke that peat before they, uh, you know, before as as part of the process. Um, and I just, I, th- I think that a lot of times, 
you're you're getting something that is just not as complex because a lot of those flavors are coming from and let me back up a step if you're a purist mm-hmm. okay and you think that the recipe should come the flavor should come from the recipe not from the finished barrel then sure enjoy some scotch because that's basically what you're getting right um so you've got your blended malted scotches you got your blended grain scotches you got your standard blended scotches but the big thing about scotch it's all made in scotland obviously that's where scotch comes from but it's made from cereal grains um and they use the natural enzymes of the malted barley and the sugar conversion and then they put it in oak casks for at least three years but a lot of them are Oh my God! They're like in the teens. Yeah, the age of them. usually, and that's because it takes that long. Yeah, because for the whiskey or the oak barrels that were used already for bourbon mm-hmm. to transfer some of that flavor, they've yeah. got to sit longer. They have to. And the temperature doesn't change a lot in Scotland. It's very consistent, right? There's no like right. warm and cold like we have. Right, and unlike bourbon, they're not allowed to. Add, like bourbon, they're not allowed to add any other substances. However, unlike bourbon, the one substance they can add is caramel coloring. Oh, I didn't know that about scotch. So they can they can, they're allowed to hmm. um fake the the color, yeah, of the of the whiskey by adding caramel coloring. It's Didn't not flavoring, but coloring. Just coloring. Just to make it look darker because most of the color has been taken by the bourbon. And then they ship it over there and they have to rinse them out and all that stuff. And so a lot of that stuff is has already been stolen. They're going to get some of the sugars, and they're going to get some light color. But it's, but here's the thing. A 10-year scotch is going to look like a two-year bourbon when yeah. it comes out of the barrel because right. it just doesn't have much sugar and, and, and uh, transfer happening anymore. All right. Synopsis. How did, this, how did the tasting go for you? Um, well, I feel like we're both pretty consistent. I feel like the E.H. Taylor was our favorite. I, I am going to say that I think that E.H. Taylor probably is my favorite. I think it is my favorite. And it's the third, either way you look at it, it's the middle of the road cost of all of these. Yes. So the Heaven Hill and the Old Forester are more expensive. The E.H. Taylor is it's fucking delicious. More, exp- <laughs> more expensive than the early times in the Evan Williams. If you can get it, at a reasonable price. And what I mean by that is in Ohio, it's like 30, 30 bucks or something like that, $35, maybe $40 now. I don't know. But it's still reasonable. Great buy. Um, if you buy it at the distillery, if you just happen to be there on the day they have it, it's like $40. So like, if you can get it at that price, it is well worth it. Well worth it. Here's the problem. Is it? Ends up being on the secondary for over a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've seen it for two hundred dollars on secondary, Damn. and it's not worth that. No, it's that's a lot of not. money. People need to stop paying money for shit like that. That's not worth it. It's not a two hundred dollar bottle of bourbon. Agree. Now here's the one thing that I think is funny: small batch is less expensive than single barrel. Every small batch I've ever had has been better than a single barrel than any of the single barrels I've ever had. Same. Eh Taylor. Same. Same. So, I and the one thing about that is the E.H. Taylor small batch is consistent, mm-hmm. single barrel's not. But I've and and you might find a 
someone's probably had it and every every palate's different people may just know that they're having a single barrel eh taylor and know that it's more expensive so they like it more you know because of that influence Mm -hmm. because i've had some people tell me that they like single barrel better than small batch but i've never had had, i've only had like one or two i've had two bottles of single barrel and both of them were not as good as the standard small batches same same and i and i I stand by that. I don't. I don't think. And again, it could be like Blanton's, where you get a, a crazy yeah, good unicorn Blanton's. every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, because they're single barrels. But I just every. I mean, if you want that consistency and you don't want to take a shot in the dark, that oh hey here's a single barrel, I'm gonna buy it. It must be better because it's twice the price. And you know, that's MSRP. Um, I think you know what you're gonna get with E.H. Taylor small badge. And it's good every time. Agree. Every time. I I would say if you get the chance to buy a small batch, I would buy that over single barrel every day because you don't know what's going to be in the single barrel. The small batch is good every time. Single barrel, there's, don't. there's yeah. a chance of it yep. being great, sure. I've never I've had I've only had two, so so I'm very limited. But I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, worth the extra money because it's not as good. The two I've had have not been as good. And if there's a chance that there's that the single barrel you're going to buy is not going to be as good as the small batch, why would you buy it? Yep. So I went E. H. Taylor, Heaven Hill, Old Forester, Early Times, Evan Williams. I think on standard merits, I would agree. Adding price in, I would go so complete value. Okay, I would go E. H. Taylor. Yeah, Old Forester, Heaven Hill. Very close though. Yeah, yeah, very close on those two and three. E. H. Taylor stands out. It's it's for thirty five dollar bottle. Jesus. Yeah, right. Um, But Heaven Hill and and Old Forester were very very close. Old Forester is like ten dollars cheaper, so I would I would give the nod to the Old Forester for value. From there, I would say early times, and then Fuck, that's good. even though early times is more expensive, it's still better enough than the Evan Williams that I think it warrants being value-wise still better than the Evan Williams. Either I haven't had this in a long time, or that's a really good bottle, but one of the two, this is... E.H. Taylor? Oh, my God. Well, we're finishing <clears throat> with it, too, and it's so our yeah. palettes have opened up, I think, a little bit, but this is really every good time tonight. I have it... So, when we went... So, <laughs> what's funny is... The uh, AJ's wedding pretty much was sponsored by Buffalo Trace. We the yeah. uh, we bachelor went, party the bachelor party we went down. We went through the Buffalo Trace. We all bought E H Taylors. Well, they bought them and they, then you bought them from them. Yeah, because most of them didn't want it. Yeah. So I ended up getting like Crazy. four bottles of E H Taylor, and I almost at his bachelor party I almost drank one all by myself. Tyler helped significantly, but I probably drank two thirds of a bottle of E H Taylor. Jesus Christ, that's good. And I, it's from that night forward, I've been like, damn, I keep forgetting how good mm-hmm. each Taylor is. So I'll go back to it, and I'm like, damn, this is so good. And it is. It is. Agree. But it's the small batch. It's the small batch. It is so good, and it's consistent, and it's worth, I think it's worth every penny if you're buying it under $100. If the so so we talked about so this is the one thing I'm gonna end with this and then we'll we'll I'm gonna say our parting whatever. We talked about Heaven Hill and we talked about Old Forester and we talked about early times in Evan Williams. We said Evan Williams we'd pay thirty bucks for, right? Yes. 
Early times, we said we'd pay 30 35 bucks for it, right? Yes. Um, E.H. Taylor is $35, $40 MSRP. What would you pay for it? Outside of? What would you I, pay for it? If, if you knew that you were never going to get it in Ohio, which we generally don't. When we get it, we get it at the distillery. I would pay right? when's the $60. Last time you, when's the last time you got this in Ohio? Never. The last time I got E.H. Taylor in Ohio, it was single barrel. $60. You'd pay sixty bucks for this. I'd pay sixty bucks for it. Okay, that. so you think you think this is better than Heaven Hill? Yeah, which is a sixty-five, seventy-dollar bottle. Mm-hmm. Would you pay sixty-five, seventy dollars for Heaven Hill? I feel like the Heaven Hill I would pay fifty. Okay, but if you saw Heaven Hill sitting on the on the shelf for sixty-five, seventy bucks, you wouldn't get it. No, for sixty-five, yeah, okay. seventy. So that means you'd pay eighty bucks for E.H. Taylor, probably. Okay, there we go. That's probably. what I, that's what I was getting at. All right, so I'd I'd pay eighty bucks for E.H. Taylor. Yeah, and I'd pay retail for all the others. Some of that depends on what have I bought lately. If I've been buying a lot of shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So E.H. Taylor's E.H. Taylor looks good on your shelf. It comes with yeah, a nice canister. I love the canister with it. So I mean that alone right there adds a that's little bit of value right there. <laughs> but. Uh, but that adds some value. Yeah. Just it looks nice Agreed. on your shelf. Um, people always, if they don't know anything about bourbon, they'll see the canister and they're like, oh, what's this? Yeah, what yeah. is that? Um, but the flavor alone, 70, 80 bucks. Agree. So, all right. Well, Bottled and Bonds, man. Great, great episode. I think Bottled and Bonds are great because the history of bourbon, yeah. you know, and if you read Bourbon Justice, it's a great book. There's a whole thing about Bottled and Bond. Uh, and how it, you know, helped. It was the first food protection act, I think, in the U.S. Oh, and cool. it was based off of liquor, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but what's really cool about bottled and bond in general is it's a hundred proof, and that is, I feel like that's my, that's my it's a good spot. Yeah, that's a good spot. When you've gotten into barrel proofs, you don't necessarily want to go back down to the '80s and '90s. Mm-hmm. But a hundred proof is like a great place i feel like just a great place so uh we're gonna end it here uh remember next week we are going to announce who the winner is oh, of cool. the bourbon blitz uh comp or not competition but uh whatever you want to call it sweepstakes uh, yeah and again it's not a giveaway you're not you're not going for free <laughs> <laughs> you, you have your the, own way you have the opportunity to join us on our trip um but anyway we'll announce that next week uh there'll be some discussions between now and then about what we're doing. So we'll announce where all we're going to try to go. Again, we're outside of the realm of making reservations still. That's still not in the uh, in that window. Um, we'll announce that. We'll announce where all we're going to try to go and uh, what weekend it's going to be and all that stuff. And uh, join us next week when we make that announcement. And thanks for joining in. Bottle and bottle. Great. Thanks, man. Thank you for joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. Bourbon.